When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll just dump one off, and it's intercepted. Odell Willis has it, tipped it up into the air, and then pulled it down. The mayor of Commonwealth comes up with the interception. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards side. He scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Let's get this party started. Hey, the Blue Jays are partying already. They're up 6-0 on the Kansas City Royals. That game after three innings, Josh Donaldson has a homer for the Blue Jays tonight. He has two, in fact, now up to 22 on the season. We'll keep you updated as we move along. NHL news, of course, players filing for arbitration, including Avalanche defenseman Tyson Berry. How could this affect your Edmonton Oilers? We will talk about that. We'll touch on some basketball news. Plenty going on in that sport, including some right here in our community. Canada and China, women's Olympic teams going at it. Three-game series at the Savile Center. Saturday at 7, Sunday at 4, Monday at 7. Tell you what, Matthew Panashik, you feeling generous right off the top of the show? Caller number three. Come at us from behind the three-point line. 780-496-0063. You get four tickets to Saturday's game at the Savile Center between Canada and China. Canada ranked nine in the world. China ranked eight. Both teams have qualified for the Rio Olympics. That is going to be fun. Oh, we got people calling in. Only one of you can win. Matthew currently using his sundial to select caller number three. Should be the person online number three, but maybe he's going to pick randomly pick someone else. I can't stop him. Uh, tell you what, if you're disappointed this time around, we do have more tickets to give away later on in the show. That is going to be a fun series. The Eskimos getting ready. They're 0-1. They will face the 0-1 Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. And we will have Dave Campbell on the show tonight. Jamie Thomas is going to hop on as well. Yahoo sports writer. His blog is called Hook and Lateral. Of course, you can always reach us through the aforementioned four li- uh, phone line, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. I'm on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. And the email, are you so inclined to type one out, inside sports at 630ched.com. Did get a couple of emails last week. In relation to the Taylor Hall trade, the Milan Lucic signing, the Adam Larson acquisition, all that kind of stuff. Okay, here we go. So, we're going to hear from Todd McClellan a little bit later on. He's uh, at the Oilers orientation camp in Jasper, so first time we get to hear his thoughts on uh, on uh, adding Adam Larson, on signing Milan Lucic, and some of the other off-season moves that have happened. 
we've been talking about this player for a while, Tyson Berry. He is a 24-year-old defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. He uh, will be 25 by the time the season starts. His birthday is later this month on the 26th. He's had a couple of really good, really good offensive seasons. Uh, I know he had a couple fine games against the Edmonton Oilers this past season. He is going to salary arbitration. Now, I've been asked this a few times, and I double-checked with the NHL Players Association today. A player can be traded. A player can be traded while he's awaiting salary arbitration. So the Avalanche could trade his rights to the Oilers, and then you know the Oilers could uh, get him a contract and all that sort of fun stuff. So it, it's funny, and, and I'm, I'm just going to play. I'm not going to replay the whole clip, but I'm going to replay part of a clip that I think is uh, very significant. This is Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. Well, we've improved our team significantly. We've had- Okay, now maybe I'm going to beat that to death this summer. But I, again, as I mentioned in yesterday's show, a very significant statement from a guy who often talks a lot but doesn't reveal much. Well, after a uh, span of a week, really, that saw the Oilers draft Jesse Pugliarve, acquire Adam Larson, acquire Milan Lucic, and trade away Taylor Hall, Peter Sorelli is telling you he thinks the team has improved significantly. Are the Oilers different? Yes. Are they bigger? Yes. Are they better? Uh, I think so. Are they significantly better? My personal jury, the 12 people who follow me around all day and decide these matters. <laughs> but No, my personal jury, still out. I think the Oilers were going to improve anyway. They improved by seven wins last season. I think even without any roster changes, that was probably a reasonable expectation, a reasonable mark for them to improve by another seven wins. McDavid into his second year, some other guys with some more experience, all that kind of stuff. Now we've seen some roster changes. Significant improvement? Hey, to me that's like 10, 11 wins. We'll see. I will say this, though. If the Oilers were to acquire Tyson Berry, then I'm all in for significant improvement. I, I, I really would be, because then you have another right shot D, and you have a more balanced defense core, because Barry can produce points, and he's at the point in his career where he's still going to peak, or at the very least, you would expect him to maintain what he's been able to do. He's played 264 games, just 10 less than Adam Larson. Barry has 153 points in those games. By comparison, Adam Larson, who I'm not knocking, because I do think he will help the Oilers, Adam Larson has 69 points in about the same number of games. Barry can produce points, and he can play on the power play. I I just did some quick math. Uh, Barry played about 1,800 minutes last season. 240 of those were on the power play. The Oilers' top guy for power play ice time was Andre Sekra, at 186 minutes. So Tyson Berry played 52 more minutes than the Oilers' top usage guy on the power play. So he gets out on the power play. Is he is he great 5-on-5? Five five? I wouldn't say that he is. But if you look at balancing the lineup, and you have Larson as a right-handed kind of defense first guy, and then you have Berry as the more offensive power play type guy. You can put one guy out in your own zone, one guy out in the offensive zone. You can look for the favorable matchups, especially when you're at home, and you actually have somebody 
who I think can legitimately drive the power play if Barry can do that. Two years ago, 16 points on the power play. Last year, 21 points on the power play. What is interesting, and I want you to think about this, there aren't a lot of guys who have joined the Oilers in recent seasons who have come to Edmonton and played less than they did on their previous team, who played a less significant role. Why? Because the Oilers haven't been very good, and they've been bringing guys in from other teams and often asking them to do more than they've done on those teams. Now, if you bring Adam Larson in and expect him to all of a sudden produce 30 to 35 points, you're flat out asking him to do more than he has ever done before. Maybe he's capable of doing it, which would be wonderful, but it's actual versus potential. He actually hasn't achieved those numbers. With Tyson Berry, we know he can achieve 53 points. We know he can achieve 49 points. He's done it the last two seasons. We know he can play a boatload on the power play. We know he can get the puck up. We know, we know he, can, he, can help, he can help manning the point on the power play. But I, but I want here. Here's something to think of. The Oilers could acquire Tyson Berry, and they wouldn't need him to do anything more than he's done the last couple years. They could bring him in to be the player that he is, not to be the player that they or you hope he could be. And as I've often said, the best indicator of future performance is past performance. And with Adam Larson, look, I expect Adam Larson to clean things up in the Oilers' own end. I really do. I don't think I'm overestimating him. I think him to be. I think he'll be decent with the puck. I think he'll, he'll be able to help get it out, all that kind of stuff. He's not an elite puck mover. Even Shirelli said that. He moves it well enough. Okay, great. He moves it average, maybe, maybe a 6 out of 10. Fine. So if you get these, if you're lucky enough, and we'll talk about what it might cost the Oilers, if you're lucky enough to get these two guys in combination, you're actually balancing the defense core, and you're actually simply asking guys to be who they are. And I want you to think about Tyson Berry. Last year, he played 23 minutes and 12 seconds per game with the Colorado Avalanche. Think about this. Think about this. The Oilers could actually acquire a guy and maybe even play him a little less than he did on his previous team. I mean, with Larson here down the right side, would Barry have to play 23-12? I guess it depends on the game, but I would bet his ice time might even go down from Colorado last season. I mean, if then we'll, we'll keep discussing this and what the Oilers might have to pay to get him. I know Bob put out a, a, a trade scenario on Oilers now this week. All things to consider. But you hope that Peter Shirelli is looking at this and thinking to himself, I have to balance this roster. I have to balance this roster. And again, the Taylor Hall trade, we're going to be talking about it all summer. I understand it's tough to take. On paper, it's not an even trade. Fair enough. But brings in Milan Lucic, who has something a little different and maybe balances things out. Larson on his own, there might be too much on his plate, quite frankly. Or there's still not going to be a lot of point production from the defense, right? Larson and Barry back there. Now, you're probably going to have to sacrifice a forward to do that. Balance it out. Hey, kid, just go be who you are. We're not signing you to think you're going to take off in your career. We're not, we're not signing a third-line player to be a second-line player. We're not signing a number five defenseman to be our number one defenseman. We're signing players to be who they are and to balance the team. 
Text to 63630 are rolling in. I will get to those. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. Head coach Todd McClellan in this hour as well. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The Royals trying to claw back in it against the Blue Jays. Bottom of the fourth, 6-2 now for the Jays. They were up 6-0. Team Brick Alberta playing their third game at the Brick Invitational in West Edmonton Mall today at the Ice Palace. Tough one for the 10-year-olds from around the province, losing 6-1 to the BC Junior Canucks. Team Brick Alberta now 1-2 in the tournament. Next action for them, 2-10 tomorrow afternoon. They will play the Detroit Red Wings. Reed Wilkins with you inside Sports on 630 Chet. Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window. Matthew, old boy. How's it going, Reed? Did somebody win the basketball tickets? Yes. John, uh, Jamie did. Jamie wins the I basketball tickets. Uh, we'll give away more. Uh, I think we'll do more later on tonight, maybe for Sunday. Sunday game is at 4. And I believe we have some for Monday that we can give away later in the week. Sound fair? Sounds really fair to our listeners. Paul Sir will help us tee up those... Uh, games later on, and Michelle Plouffe tomorrow. Edmontonian, member of the Canadian women's national team, getting ready to go to the Olympics. She'll be on the show tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Oh, man, a lot of texts came in during the commercial. I had some further down, and now they're all pushed down. Namudi says, hey, Reed, do you think Taylor Hall had a hand in getting Luke Gazdick signed in New Jersey? Oh, I think it didn't hurt. Luke Gazdick gets a one-year Two-way contract from the New Jersey Devils. It's worth $700,000 at the NHL level. Mike in St. John's. Good to hear from you, Mike. Says, hey, Reed, I really don't see the Avalanche trading Barry to the Oilers. They'll ship him out east first. That said, if Hall was in play, why not Justin Falk or Travis Hamanick? Clearly better D-man than Adam Larson, uh, unless this was Hall for Lucic uh, playing with McDavid down the road, which I believe. Well, look, I, I, I mean... Again, I I don't see Peter Shirelli making this trade if he had if he thought he could get a better player in return. And he and he actually was asked about a comparison between Larson and Hamannick the day of the trade, and he and he said that was fair. Now Larson's obviously younger, so maybe he's going to you know become Hamannick over the years. And Hamannick doesn't get a lot of points either. I I I just think Shirelli's option was not. This Taylor Hall trade or another Taylor Hall trade? I think his options were this Taylor Hall trade or not making a trade, at least at that time. And he he said to himself, I don't want to wait and maybe not get any defenseman and come back with the exact same D. I, I, I really think those were his options. Dez says, uh, the Oilers are very improved with the additions, Dez also thinks the Oilers are a playoff team this year, but they won't go past the first round. The Barry move may be too costly. The Oilers would have to give up Nugent Hopkins or another two players. JYD in Vermilion. How are things in Vermilion, buddy? Says, Reed, the manager in Columbus is finished. They chose the kid from Quebec instead of the Finnish kid. Does he know something about the Finn? We don't. Just asking. Well, I don't know. I mean... I mean, what about all the American kids that got drafted in the first round by Canadian general managers? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I understand what you're saying, but 
Yarmo Kekalainen in Columbus is trying to build the best hockey team, not the best hockey team made up of players from his homeland. I, I think, I, and I wonder too if the head coach in this situation, John Tortorella, might have had a little bit of influence that he would have preferred the type of player Dubois is to the type of player Pugliarvi is. Fair question, but I, 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 I don't know if if uh, there's a conspiracy there we got to worry about or something hidden. Andrew says about the Hall Larson trade. Just because there any isn't any other right D out there doesn't mean we should go after the only trade available. It's like trading your John Deere combine straight up for a lawnmower just because we have three combines. What we really need is a lawnmower, even if it's a Mastercraft lawnmower. That is from Andrew. Mike says, Reed, if the Oilers acquire Barry, that means they would have four D-men that should be protected, Clefbaum, Sekera, Larson, and Barry. Do you think they would go with eight skaters in one goalie format? Yeah, probably. Vic says, in my opinion, the Taylor Hall trade was a win for the Oilers. He is going to a team that has a lot less talented forwards. His numbers were good because he was playing with the Oilers. His numbers will go down next season for sure. And by adding Lucic and Larson, we have significantly improved the team. We will make the playoffs this year. Mark my words. Vic, your words are marked. You just have to promise me you will text or call the show after game number 82, the Oilers play this season, either way. Not only if you're right. That's my one condition. Fair enough, Matthew? Fair enough. Because I have to be coming here and be wrong on a pretty much hourly basis. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? This texture says, I think Hall was moved because the big three, Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, and Everly, which one of, oh, he says, of the big three, which one would have commanded the biggest contract when his current one expired? Shirelli is thinking long term here. And Jake says, Bob was all gung-ho on getting Barry last week, but this week not so much. Says it would affect the Oilers' cap too much. I assume if Bob has cooled off on the thought, it won't happen. Uh, I say do it and worry about it later when we have to sign Connor, etc. Thanks. That is from Jake. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit about the proposal Bob kind of floated on Oilers now because it's actually uh, involves a third team getting involved. Maybe that's more realistic. I don't know. Uh, this guy would be really valuable to the Oilers. And also, like I said, in combination with Larson, even if you give up something significant up front, then it makes the team better. I, I wanted to throw this out here. The Oilers have, even with these, these young forwards, and they have never been a high-scoring team. In the last six years, here's where they have finished going backwards in goals four in the league. 25th, 26th, 26th, 21st, 19th, and 28th in Hall's rookie season. They have never come to fruition as a goal-scoring team. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Seven two 
3-2. Toronto leading Kansas City, top of the fifth at Rogers Center. Pay Euro tomorrow. Semifinals. Portugal versus Wales. Then on Thursday, France versus Germany. Who are you picking, Matthew? Okay, I'm going to go with Wales. Wales for the upset. Love Wales, man. This is amazing that they're going this far in this tournament. Uh, and the other game, I'm going to go with Germany. Germany over France, buddy. In their in in front in the in the stade in the Stade de France, right? I, Isn't it called? I, I don't think that game is in that stadium. Oh, is it not? I, I think their quarterfinal was. It's in Saint Denis, which is a. I think it's in Mar- Marseille or something. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't, sure. think I don't think Saint Denis has a semifinal. It had the quarterfinal, and then it has the final. Don't ask me how I know this. Well, because I I read stuff about the tournament. Okay, I'll take Portugal and France then, just to be different. Okay, very well. There it we says by the way, Stad Velodrome. Stad Velodrome. It says. Yeah, it's somewhere else. It's so, it's, yeah. it's not right. in it's not in the uh, it's not in the stadium where the final is. Huh. Germany got lucky uh, last game that they played. I missed that game. Didn't it go nine rounds in the penalty shootout? Yes, and Italy should have really won it. Um, but Germany just found a way. They, apparently they've had a bad record against Italy in international tournaments. So it was a, sort of a monkey off their back as a country to beat Italy in international soccer. Yeah, the semis are in Lyon and is it uh, and, uh, Marseille, or Marseille, however you say it. So there you go. And then the, the final is in the Stade de France in Saint-Denis, which is like a suburb of Paris. There's your Euro 2016 update. Great update it was. Yeah, thanks, buddy. There are, there are games coming up. 780-496-0063. Uh-oh. Oh, I just got a beauty of a text in. <laughs> uh, and you can text 63630. You know West End Ron, right? Yes, the 49ers fan, right? Big 49ers fan. And it was him last year. The Eskimos lost their first game, and he said, I'm pretty pretty sure it was after they were they were 0-1. He said, Reed, don't worry. The Eskimos are going 14-4, and and they're winning the Grey Cup. That's exactly what happened. Well, West End Ron is back tonight with more summertime predictions. Hey, Reed, my predictions. You ready? Eskimos go 14-4. and The 49ers go 8-8. Eight and eight. And uh, the Blue Jays finish 99 and 63. Wow, that'd be quite a finish for the Blue Jays. They're only at 43 wins right now. Well, they turned it on in August last year. Uh, West End Ron, not, however, mentioning an Eskimos Grey Cup. Maybe he didn't mention an Eskimos Grey Cup last year. But he did. He did throw out 14 and four. Uh, oh wait, I found it because you can click on his text. Oh, this is great. Last, oh, hang on. I got to make sure. On July 30th of last year, on July 30th of last year, so they would have been probably 3-1 and one at that point. He said the Eskimos go 14-4 and four and win the Grey Cup. The 49ers go 12-4 and four and win the Super Bowl. That did not happen. Oh, no. 49ers didn't make the playoffs, did Reverse they? Reverse that to 4-12, I believe. and 12 and he said the Oilers will win the Stanley Cup in 2017-18. So not this season, but next season. That was West End Ron's uh, prediction last July. All right. <laughs> uh, and he does say Eskimos over Toronto. 
for the Grey Cup. That is West End Ron, who I believe lives in West Edmonton Mall. He lives behind the Lululemon. He's got a little shack. Some good food options in that mall, that's for sure. Seriously? <laughs> we're, we're talking food courts? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Bourbon Street. Oh, like actual restaurants. Yeah, no, no, okay, no, fair no enough. I'm talking You're about not, the food court. Like the food courts. Oh, yeah, the, the usual, yeah. it's a beauty. That Sparrow's really good. You know what ticked me uh, off? When they closed Circus Circus, the arcade there. That ticked me off. Which, here, here's a, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the uh, Saturday. It's, a, it's not a Saturday. It's a, it feels like a Saturday. It's a Tuesday in July. We're going to get back to the hockey stuff and some Eskimo stuff coming up. Uh, greasiest, greasiest food option in the West Edmonton Mall food court. You can text that to six thirty six thirty, or if you have worked in the West End, in, in any establishment in the in at any time in your life, if you have worked in in a food court establishment in West Edmonton Mall and you have a horror story, now's the time to anonymously share it. Fair enough. And uh, West End Ron says he actually lives in the East End of Edmonton now as he's moved in with his girlfriend. Well, say hi to Mrs. West End Ron or whatever she will become someday. Okay, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers. So here's the here's the deal Stoffer floated on Oilers now. And look, we know sometimes Bob floats these things, and they, they turn out to be true. Like he started mentioning Adam Larson, and then the next day Adam Larson was an Edmonton Oiler. So Stoffer was saying maybe you can get Barry out of Colorado, and if you missed it, Tyson Barry is going to uh, arbitration with the Colorado Avalanche. He can be traded while he awaits his hearing. Bob said, what if you could do something like move a first your first-round pick next year, plus maybe some other piece, to Anaheim to get Cam Fowler, and then you trade Fowler and maybe something else to Colorado for Barry. So Colorado still gets a defenseman, and Anaheim, which has other defensemen locked up, moves a D-man out. And then maybe this way you don't have to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That that's the that's the theory. Would you would Benoit Pouliot be involved in this? Would possibly Neil Yakupov be involved in this? Maybe. Would you have to would you have to maybe give up Brandon Davidson in one of these transactions? Maybe. But this would allow you to keep, likely allow you to keep Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and you still have a little bit more depth down the middle. Because if you trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I mean, I I don't think the Oilers are deep down the middle. I I think they're deeper down the middle when Dallas Aiken started a season two years ago by saying, hey, listen, I've got two NHL centers. They're deeper than that because they have McDavid. They have Dreisaitl, who should be on the upswing in his career. They have Nugent Hopkins, and they have Letestu in the fourth-line role. You trade one of those guys. Now, I, I know Anton Lander is around, but I mean my thought process about Anton Lander, unfortunately, has totally flipped from where it was last year. He finishes that season under Todd Nelson, and I'm thinking, oh, this is great. He's a third-line center. Don't think he's going to score quite at that rate, but he should be able to score. And then he does virtually nothing in the games he played this year. And he looks like a guy who is just, I hate to say this, but is painfully average in every area. He's okay at a bunch of stuff, but he doesn't really stand out at anything. So 
here's the thing. In your mind, would Barry be worth Nugent Hopkins straight across, or maybe the Oilers have to throw something else in if you're dealing with Colorado, or could you get this done like Bob is suggesting by going through Anaheim? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Uh, B. Kalen says with McDavid only nineteen and about fifty games played, and Hall gone, and Ference gone, and Lucic signed. Would Lucic be the best option as captain? I got to tell you something. I'm sticking with what I've been saying for several months. Connor McDavid will be the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers, and I expect that to happen in the fall. I really do. Lucic coming in. I know he impressed a lot of you with what he what he said over the over the weekend when he was acquired, talking about building a family, about having some attitude and swagger, about making the Oilers more difficult to play against, hitting all the right notes for sure. And he's been able to play that way to back it up in his career. And he's been on some good teams, contending teams with Boston, a couple of Stanley Cup finals. They beat Vancouver. They lost to Chicago. But I just you you bring him in. To be, I mean, are you bringing him in to be the captain? I, I don't think so. I, I think Connor McDavid is going to be the captain of the Edmonton Oilers. And as much as I and many other people have been critical of giving too much too soon to some of the younger players and high draft picks they brought in, I think we all have to recognize Connor McDavid is different. He's just more talented, more focused, more dedicated. He's just a cut above in almost every way, as a player, and it seems to me as as also as a human being. And I, I just fully believe Connor McDavid would be, will be, the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't think we're going to have to wait very long for that to happen. I, I just think he's he's the centerpiece of the team. He's been, he was a young captain in terms of being on his junior team when he played with the Erie Otters. Not only, here's the thing about McDavid, not only do I think he could handle the responsibility, I think he wants the responsibility. I, I think he's one of those guys he wants to lead. He understands that if he wants to achieve what he wants to achieve, he has to be the focal point. And he strikes me as the type of guy who's, who will say, who understands that he's more talented than everybody, faster than everybody, all that kind of stuff, but he also knows he has to set the tone work ethic-wise, that he knows he's just not going out there and doing great stuff on talent alone, that he has to set the tone at practice, that he has to set the tone with dedication on and off the ice. I just think he is one of those guys at a young age that understands that when it comes to his hockey life. I really do. And, and for that reason, I think he's going to be the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. I, I don't think it's going to be Lucic. I don't think they'll go another year without a captain. I think 97 gets the C, and I think it happens this fall. And if you go back, and, and if I would have known we were talking about this, I would have, uh, I would have, pulled, uh, I would have pulled the clips. McClellan and Shirelli pretty strongly hinted at that in their year-end availabilities. Uh, speaking of Todd McClellan, we're going to hear from him when we get back. 6.45, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. 
right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 648 Inside Sports on 630. Chad, Dave Campbell with the latest on your green and gold coming up between 7 and 7.30. The Eskimos will play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday. We have it for you on 6.30, Chad. In fact, we have the Eskimos broadcast rights for the next six years here on 6.30, Chad. It is Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night. Last year, 130,000 pounds of food donated by Eskimos fans during the annual event, surpassing the previous record of 114,000 pounds. Remember, if you uh, don't want to actually haul any non-perishable goods to the games, you can make a cash donation. A $1 donation equals two pounds of food. Fireworks after the game as well. They got a uh, halftime show with the Eskiminis. And don't forget the hashtag on Twitter, EsksTurf. There are special $30 upper deck and party tickets, uh, party deck tickets available for the game if you go to Ticketmaster and Esks.com. Oh, free popcorn for kids at the concessions. How about that, Matthew? I love, I, you, you know, besides bugles, <laughs> I, I love popcorn. So is that true, or are you just saying that to go along with it? No, I I do love popcorn and bugles. I haven't seen you eat any bugles lately. I've been cutting back. <laughs> Weight loss time, buddy. Weight loss time. That's good. Good to have a goal. Uh, RJ in St. Albert says, "Come on, Reed. Avs have a self-imposed cap and need D-men as bad as the Oilers. Why would they trade Barry for Nugent Hopkins? Nugent Hopkins makes six million. They would just pay Barry the five and a half to six if that was the case. Well, and I think that's why Bob's suggesting maybe the third team gets involved, right? Maybe they go through Anaheim. Maybe Colorado winds up with Fowler, who makes four million. So maybe they hypothetically save a couple million that way. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see." Uh, I wonder if Peter Shirelli's still going to do one more thing. I think he would like to get that right shot, D-man. But here's he, here's the thing about Shirelli, and I know I know no one wants to hear about patience, but I do think Shirelli thinks this happens in stages. He took over a team that wasn't in very good shape, and I think last year he thought to himself, "I got to get a goalie. I got to get a goalie that I think can carry the mail." And a lot of you didn't think Cam Talbot could carry the mail. Did a pretty good job. I think he can carry it. Now he's thinking, okay, I got to improve the defensive play and I got to improve the grit a little bit. So he got Lucic and he got Larson. Now I know some of you aren't sure that Larson can actually be what he is, but a year ago you were saying that about Talbot. So we'll see. I think we know what Lucic is. So maybe the next phase in the renovation here is that offensive defenseman. I don't know if Shirelli is sweating it if he doesn't get that guy this summer. Because he knows maybe there's another window to make a trade, mid-season trade deadline, or, and I know you don't want to wait this long, maybe next summer. I, I think in Shirelli's mind, he uh, quite a bit happened over the last week and a half. Pugliarve, Larson, Lucic in, haul out. I, I think in his mind, quite a bit happened. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063. The Oilers youngsters continuing to go through the paces at orientation camp. In Jasper, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan is there, and he was uh, talking to Oilers TV today about adding Adam Larson. You know, it's insanity if you keep banging your head against the wall, and we needed to shore up uh, a hole. Um, I know there's there's a lot of talk about that dynamic offensive guy, but we also needed a, a good shutdown, um, you know, 20-minute-a-night guy, and, and we believe that we have that in Larson. So 
uh, one at a time. Um, I know Peter's not done uh, constructing the team, whether that's now or a year from now or over the future. We're always going to try and make it better, and, and uh, that'll be the goal. But um, we have, you know, we think that we've added a one and a two. We've added Clefbaum and Larson to our lineup. We didn't have Clefbaum very long, and, and Larson coming in. So that's a significant change if they can stay healthy and play at a high level. Uh, we think we'll be better back there. So there's that mention of Clefbaum again. Peter Shirelli did that as well, that they're looking at Clefbaum as an addition to the roster. He only played 30 games last season. He did not play a second after December 11th. So the, the Oilers are looking at this as thinking that they're getting two good defenders, Clefbaum and Larson. And, and again, what did, what did Todd say? They needed a shutdown guy, and it's it's one at a time. It'd be it'd be great to get that guy this summer. It'd be great to get Barry this summer. Like I said off the top of the show, to me that's significant improvement. Maybe we don't get that quite yet, or maybe Shirelli once again goes into wait and see mode, like he did through much of last year, and then he makes a couple of big deals this summer. Todd McClellan also commenting on the addition of Milan Lucic. Well, we're we're obviously ecstatic about getting him here. We wouldn't have gone through uh, through what we did to uh, to acquire him, and um, I know that his thoughts are are identical to ours. So that's a good marriage right off the bat. Um, I probably don't have to explain to the fans very much about what his asset uh, assets are: his size, his strength, his skill set, his ability to score goals while while providing that uh, physicality and toughness. Um, he's also been in some real good winning environments. Uh, we think those are the intangibles that he can bring, leadership and and uh, accountability to the locker room. Um, losing Taylor in the trade, we knew we had to replace some of that, uh, that ruggedness and that uh, carefree play, if you will, and Milan does that as well. So um, really happy about getting him. All right, Todd McClellan speaking in Jasper at Oilers orientation camp. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out online at actionfurnace.ca. The Blue Jays continue to lead the Royals 7-2. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning in Toronto. Yessi Pugliarve at the orientation camp. Uh, you heard Tom, Tom Gazzola tell you last night, hasn't been skating, still dealing with that uh, knee tweak that he had. McClellan was asked about Pugliarve making the team in the fall. Well, that's a that's a difficult question for me to answer at this point because he hasn't been on the ice. But obviously, we've done our homework uh, video-wise and and through the scouting staff. And um, you know, the, the the words that I keep hearing are complete player. He plays full 200-foot game and and has an energy and a passion level that is real strong and high and a skill set to go with it. So uh, we feel that he has the opportunity to compete for a spot this season. Um, we need to get him healthy here and, and get him up and running. But uh, once that happens, the rest will be up to him and uh, his teammates to make sure that he feels comfortable. And and uh, I hope that he can challenge for a spot and and, uh, and make our team out of camp. But that's yet to be seen. All right. And to wrap up the McClellan comments here, also had this to say in general about the offseason moves. Well, it's been a, it's been a hectic few weeks. Um, I think when you fail to to reach um, your goal, and we did that last year, um, then changes have to be made. And there's a number of different avenues that happens. Obviously, uh, uh, with the draft is is one avenue, and um, our staff did a really good job there um, of identifying players and, and making the picks. Uh, step two is free agency, and um, you know that was obviously a very busy day for us. Uh, it takes a lot of recruiting and planning and... and um, 
exercising of the plan to to make individuals feel comfortable and have them want to come into to Edmonton and any team in the league in, in, for that case. And we were lucky enough to get Milan and his family to to join ours in Edmonton. Um, and then obviously the trade market, and that trade market doesn't just end with. Uh, you know, with one move or two moves, it continues on here throughout the summer as well as free agency. So there are always phone calls that happen. Uh, there's discussion about the team and its core and, and moving forward. Uh, but it's a little bit quieter now than it was for, uh, for those first few days. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Orientation camp continues in Jasper until Thursday. We got a football game on these airwaves Friday night. Dave Campbell's been following the Edmonton Eskimos as they get set to take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Dave's up next. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.